and 10 times worse. And we're going to see it right now. I'm going to read this thing from the Message Bible uh, just to make it even more real. Now, we are, we ha- are we, just a quick question. Are we having, is it kids, is it kids church today? Okay, all right. I, I just want to say in advance, there is a reason why we have Go Kids. That's our, our, our children's service. There are some things that are going to be said in here today that are clearly PG-13. And it's not because I'm trying to be a, be, uh, create shock, shock value and stuff like that. I am literally just going to read from the Bible. Okay? If this is inappropriate, then don't get mad at me. Get mad at the, at the, at the author of the book of Genesis. All right? I got to say, I got to tell y'all what you about to read has, has, it is, it is on reality TV levels. This stuff they can't even show on TV. When they come to scenes like this, they switch scenes, but I'm about to read it all. Can I read it all this morning? I'm going to read it all. Genesis 38, I'm going to read from the message Bible. Here's what the Bible says. I mean, I want to enlarge it here so I can make sure I'm, I'm with it. All right. I can see I'm 40 now. So my, my eyes are good. All right, are we ready? This is Bible. I love the Bible. Ah, this is good. Watch this. About that time, Judah separated from his brothers and hooked up with a man in a doolum named Hira. Remember that name, Hira. Don't don't name your kids Hira. In fact, let me let me let me go. I'm gonna, let me, this my. I'm gonna take this tie off, man. This this one of them. I got to loosen up for this. This is. All right, about that time, Judah separated. Judah, who is the son of Jacob, uh, one of the 12 tribes of Israel, man of God, separated from his brothers and hooked up with a man in a doolum named Hira. Somebody shout Hira. It's a bad dude, man. While there, Judah met the daughter of a Canaanite named Shua. He married her, married a Canaanite. They went to bed. She became pregnant and had a son named Ur. Now, y'all complain about these names they call these kids now. How are you going to name your child a suffix? <laughs> she got pregnant again and had a son named Onan. Remember him because he ain't going to be around very long. She had still another son. She named this one Sheila. It ain't to do Sheila. That's that Canaanite way, man. They were living at Kizib when she had him. So far, we just at PG. All right. Now we're about to go to rated R. We, we, I forgot. We ain't PG-13. We're going to R right now. Verse 6 through 7. Judah got a wife for her, his firstborn. Her name was Tamar. But Judah's firstborn, Ur, grievously offended God, and God took his life. The Bible doesn't tell us how he died. He did something, and the Lord didn't punish him. He killed him. All right, onward, verse 8 through 10. So Judah told Onan, Judah told Onan, go sleep with your brother's widow. It's the duty of a brother-in-law to keep your brother's line alive. 
But Onan knew that the child wouldn't be his, so whenever he slept with his brother's widow, he spilled his semen on the ground so he wouldn't produce a child for his brother. God was much offended by what he did and also took his life. So Judah stepped in and told his daughter-in-law, Tamar, live as a widow at home with your father until my son, Sheila, grows up. Don't worry, I'll explain. Are y'all still with me? He was worried that Sheila would also end up dead, (laughs) just like his brother's. So Tamar went to live with her father. Verse 12. Time passed. Judah's wife, Shua's daughter, died. When the time of mourning was over, Judah, with his friend Hira of Adullam, went to Timnah for the sheep shearing. Verse 13. I don't know what's after R. Was it M what? Something 14? or What is it? M-A? I don't know what it is. X is what's going to. 13, 14. The Bible says, Tamar was told, your father-in-law has gone to Timnah to shear his sheep. She took off her widow's clothes, put on a veil to disguise herself, and sat at the entrance to Enaim, which is on the road to Timnah. She realized by now that even though Sheila was grown up, she wasn't going to be married to him. Verse 15, Judah saw her and assumed she was a prostitute since she had veiled her face. He left the road and went over to her. He said, let me sleep with you. He had no idea that she was his daughter-in-law. Verse, y'all wait. She said, what will you pay me? Uh, I'll send you, he said, a kid goat from the flock. She said, not unless you give me a pledge until you send it. Verse 18, so what would... So what would you want in the way of a pledge, he asked. She said, your personal seal and cord and the staff you carry. He handed them over to her and slept with her, and she got pregnant. Verse 19, she then left and went home. She removed her veil and put her widow's clothes back on. 20 through 21, we still awake? All right. Judah sent the kid goat by his friend from Adullam to recover the pledge from the woman. But he couldn't find her. He asked the men of that place, where's the prostitute that used to sit by the road here near Enaim? They said, there's never been a prostitute here. He went back to Judah and said, I I couldn't find her. The men there said, there never has been a prostitute here. Verse 23, Judah said, let her have it then. If we keep looking, everyone will be poking fun at us. I kept my part of the bargain. I sent the kid goat, but you couldn't find her. He's basically saying it's it's all good. Verse 24. Three months or so later, Judah was told, your daughter-in-law has been playing the whore. And now she's a pregnant whore. Judah yelled, get her out of here. Burn her up. As they brought her out, she sent a message to her father-in-law, I'm pregnant by the man who owns these things. Identify them, please. 
Who's the owner of the seal and cord and staff? Judah saw that they were his. He said, she's in the right. I'm in the wrong. I wouldn't let her marry my son, Sheila. And he never slept with her again. Almost done. When her time came to give birth, it turned out that there were twins in her womb and she was giving birth. One put his hand out and the midwife tied a red thread on his hand saying, this one came first. There's a reason for that. Birthright and blessing, right? But then he pulled it back and his brother came out. (laughs) How does that happen? Anybody been in the labor room before and seen this? Please tell me. Where's, where's Dr. Ramsey? Have you seen this before? Where one comes out and then the one in pulls him out, pulls him back in, and then goes out. This is the kind of stuff that makes people think the Bible ain't real. Hey, but he then pulled it back and his brother came out and she said, oh, a breakout. So she named him Perez, which is breakout. Then his brother came out with a red thread on his hand. They named him Zara, which is bright. And the title of our message today is title. I don't know. Seriously. I don't know. I don't know what you call this. I'm not that clever. Let's pray. Lord, help us today as we seek to understand the meaning of such a scandalous text of scripture. Is our prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. The first question that I I am troubled by this morning, and uh, I do want to say I praise God for the preachers who stood in the gap for us. Uh, uh, Pastor uh, Violet Cox and Pastor Akil Esdale preached very well last Sabbath. Amen. Amen. We thank God for them. Uh, But anybody here trying to figure out why this is in the Bible, Um, especially if you look where it's placed. Listen, 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 listen. So a few Sabbaths ago, I preached on the story of Joseph. And the last place we looked was in Genesis 37. And in Genesis 37, that's where we see Joseph being sold into what, everybody? Now, hang in there with me. He was sold into slavery. That's Genesis 37. You got me? Joseph is sold into slavery in Genesis 37. And then in Genesis 38, we got this crazy story about incest, spilling semen, and, and people dying. Three sons died in two verses. I mean, it's just bizarre. And then we got a baby. <laughs> we got a baby that comes out the womb first. They put a red tie on him. They sna- the other baby inside snatches him out, and another baby comes out. Judah sleeps with a prostitute. He's a man of God. But it, much worse than that, it's really not a prostitute. It's his daughter-in-law. It's just bizarre. And so, man, when I read the Bible and when I try to prepare, I try not to assume that I know what the word is saying. Anybody like that? Anybody want to really get the the richness and the riches of the word? You got to ask the tough questions. So I'm saying, I'm honest with you, Lord. I do not understand why this scripture is right after Joseph getting sold into slavery. And then in chapter 39, Genesis 37, Joseph is sold. Genesis 38, I don't, stuff. And then in Genesis 39, Joseph is charged with sexual harassment. It's just like this. I mean, really, the book of Genesis from Genesis 37 to Genesis 50, half of the book of Genesis is about Joseph. 
And so I'm trying to figure out what is the significance of a guy like Judah who only gets one chapter, but it's the most bizarre, it's the most ill-placed, it seems. It seems like an interruption in the story of Joseph. But the first point I want to make to you is this, and please don't miss this. This is a powerful point that you've got to get if you're a serious person about knowing God's word. If you are sick and tired of just receiving it from preachers and receiving it from other people, but how many here want to know God's word for yourself? How many want to get, get revelation from God? How many, how many crave the word? How many never want to get to a place where you stop hearing God's voice, but you want to be guided and you want to be directed by his spirit? The first thing that you all need to understand, first point, point number one, is that the Bible is about real people because your life is real. That's the first reason why this story is in the Bible. God would put such a nasty story, spilling semen. I mean, sleeping with your daughter-in-law. Come on in here, somebody. I mean, sex and violence and all this stuff. Why would God put that in there? You got to understand that God does not seek to hide from us the realities of the people that were the most anointed in the word of God. Because the word of God is real because your life is real. And you need and you need the real. Let me show you something real quick. This is from uh, Patriarchs and Prophets. Watch this statement right here. Their lives, uh, commenting on this, their lives with all their what, y'all? Faults. And what else, y'all? Their follies are open before us both for our encouragement and our what? So God doesn't hide nothing because not only does he want you to be warned, when, he, when, you, when you see this stuff, he's like, don't do that. But he's also showing to you because he knows you do. He knows your lives are wild. He knows that there's some secret stuff that goes on in your families. He knows there's addiction. Oh, y'all not praying with me. He knows there's, there's real life in the church. Now, when we come to church, we pretend like our lives are not as real. Oh, come on in here. Y'all, you, don't, you ain't the same person here that you are at home. Nobody just walks in and says, I'm getting divorced tomorrow. My marriage sucks. My child's on drugs. Happy Sabbath. Praise God, saints. Everybody in my family going to hell, including me. I'm lost. That's why I'm here. Nobody announces that. When we come here, we operate in pretension. Tell me I'm telling the truth. We don't want everybody to know our stuff, but, but that's okay. They don't have to. That's why God gives us the word, because when you go to your secret place, you can get in the word, and you can see Judah's family. You can see Moses' family. You can see Noah's family and say, I ain't that crazy after all. My stuff ain't that bad after all. Watch what she says. She says, if they had been represented, I'm going to enjoy this all by myself. If they had been represented as without fault, people in the Bible, we with our sinful nature might despair at our own mistakes and failures. Ooh, ooh, ooh. In other words, God puts this stuff in the Bible because he needs you to see that real people. God calls Real people with real problems. And and I just want to say, no matter what problems you have, no matter what your life is like, no matter what you came from or came out of or what you're in, no matter what was done to you or what you did, God is bigger than that. And and, and what God wants you to see is if I can work with them. Man, when I read the word, I don't read about them. I'm reading about me. Come on in here. I've learned, minister, to put myself in the text. God is trying to send. Oh, man. Any, any, oh, listen, man. I, I just need two, three real folk in here. Everybody don't have to admit it. Anybody, anybody ever been drunk before? I huh, didn't know how to get home. Come on, put your hand in the air right now. 
Anybody ever been high before? Anybody ever been out there before? Anybody had some stuff that you're ashamed of ever happened to you? We can't call everything out today. But, 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 that stuff. Mm, that stuff. Anybody got mm, that stuff? How about this? God says, I ain't scared of it. Next point, next point, next point. Second reason. I got I to set y'all up why this is in the text so that when we explain the text, you'll even know what the text is about. Second reason why this is in the Bible, God showed me, is that God chases and chastens his chosen ones, his chosen ones further than they can run. Oh, my God. Watch this now. You're going to see in a minute that this text really, oh, it's about Joseph, but it's not about Joseph. Let me say this. I don't have really to have time to break it down. But all that time that's spent on Joseph is really not about Joseph. It's really about Judah. The star in Genesis is not Joseph. The star is Judah. I'm show you. Oh, listen. So y'all know who Judah is? Judah is the father of the kings of Israel. You don't get no more man of God than Judah. Some of y'all deep. I know who you are. You Mr. So-and-so, elder, deacon, God bless you. Your fourth, fifth generation, anointed, called, fire, baptized, baptized seven times, filled with the Holy Spirit. You're not Judah. Judah so bad that the Lord named himself after him. The Lord says, I am the lion of the tribe of Judah. Who, who, oh, come on in here, somebody. Judah, Judah is, he is the receiver of the birthright. His first three brothers acted so crazy, they slept with their dad's wives, they did crazy stuff, that their dad said, they can't be the father of the faithful. I got to make Judah. So watch this, guys. Judah actually becomes the chosen one through whom the Bible says Shiloh will come forth. Who is Shiloh? Christ. God chose this dude. The dude that slept with his daughter. In our country, in our country, if you got a sexual offense, you can't even work. You can't live in certain neighborhoods. The Lord said, that's the dude that I want the Christ to come from. What the Lord is saying is, is in this passage, we're going to see that God literally, this, (laughs) I'm sorry, I'm so excited, y'all. God is chasing Judah. Now listen to me. If there's anybody in here that's running from God and you know it. And you don't have to be outside the church to be running from God. You can have your hip sitting in here right now listening to the sermon. You can be here right now with your fine suit on and your nice dress. But if you have not done what God called you to do, if there was assignment on your life that you have not followed, then you are running from God. Everybody in here got a little Judah in them. And there's so many of us that are running from assignments, running from calls, running from opportunities, running from, a, from ministries that the Lord has called us to. Here's the good news. It doesn't matter how fast or far you run, you cannot outrun God. God will thank you, Jesus. This is my birthday sermon, y'all. I'm going to preach my head off today. God has been chasing me for 40 years, and I've been trying to outrun him. But have I got a witness in here today? Forgive me for getting so excited so soon. But I think as, I, you know, as I reflect on my life, I just think about how good God is, Dorian. I think about how he's been faithful. I think about how he's chased after me. I have not chased after God. God has chased after me. And it doesn't matter how far you run. You cannot outrun God. Some of y'all running right now. 
I'm coming in the name of the Lord today. I'm, I come to cancel that running spirit in here today. Some of you right now are running around your friends and you're running around your job and you're running around. You're just, just trying to hold steady. But you know God wants more from you. You know that the assignment is greater than where you are. I'm telling you right now, keep running, but you ain't faster than God. Judah. Dude, I'm, listen, I know you're spiritual. You're not Judah. He said, this is the dude that I want the Messiah to come from. This is David's great, 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 great grandfather. Some of y'all are like, listen, man, we've got singers in our family that have served. We've got preachers in our family that have ministered. We've traveled far and near. Many souls have come to Christ. As a result of our family name, you ain't Judah. You're not Judah, man. I'm so-and-so, and I, I serve at so Hey, you're not Judah. And here's, here is the thing that I want you to see about Judah. Why is God chasing him? Watch this. Go to the next one. In Genesis 37, here's the, here's the connection between Genesis 37 and Genesis 38. Genesis 37, Joseph is sold into what, everybody? Slavery. Whose idea was it? His brother. Judah. It wasn't his brother's idea. His brother said, let's kill him. <laughs> now, this is going to, uh, okay, oh, okay, okay, this is good. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I'm really excited about this text. I've been wanting to preach my whole life. I finally got clarity on it, so it's really good, right? So, so check this out. Like, so, so it's amazing to me, you know how a parent, no matter what the child looks like, can see beauty in it? Listen, that child is born, and listen, man, if I, when I look at some of my baby pictures, I, I just, the, a transformation has occurred. Let's just say it like that. A change, for real, a change is happening. And, you know, it doesn't matter who, listen, when that child is born, it don't matter, a child look, can look like a gremlin. The mother is going to be like, that child is beautiful. Look at that this is This is the most beautiful child I have, isn't this just the most beautiful child you've ever seen in your life? What do you say when you know that it ain't the case? Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Hey, but listen, isn't that kind of like how God is? Isn't that kind of like how God is? God sees the best in us when nobody else can. Watch this. Judah, in this text, watch this. The Bible says this in 37, right? It says, Judah said to his brothers, what will, be, what will we gain if we kill our brother and cover up his blood? All right, verse 27, come, let us what? To the what? And and, and not lay our hands on him. After all, he's our brother, our own flesh and blood. So so he's kind of a stand-up guy because he sold his brother into slavery. (laughs) He saved his life. Now, selling somebody into slavery is not a good thing. Oh, man, listen, saints, I, I, just watch 12 Years a Slave, watch Birth of a Nation, watch any of these movies that sort of gives us a picture, Roots, you see what happened to slaves. Come on, somebody, for something, listen, man, I mean, I'm watching Birth of a Nation, and in that film, I mean, the, the, the little feeling of many of those slaves that, that prepared to revolt with Nat Turner is, I'd rather be dead than be a slave. So it's not like, a, I mean, he didn't really upgrade him too much by saying, no, let's not kill him, let's sell him into slavery. But he did save his life. What we do see in this text is, although he still harmed his brother, he at least had some compassion. Can can you go with that? 
Now, here's the thing about our God. Our God can see even in your worst moments. Oh, please hear me right now. I don't know what your picture of God is, but the word of God shows me, Michelle, that even in our worst moments, God is able to extrapolate a good looking baby. Even in the worst stuff you've done, he said, yeah, he stole that, but at least he's trying to feed his family. Come on, say amen. He sell drugs, but at least he's trying to take care of his, his, his incapacitated mother. And many of us would look at that stuff and say, ooh, how evil that is. And we're not making excuses for sin. All I'm trying to tell you is that when God has his hand on you, when God's got a plan for your life, man looks on the outward appearance. But God looks upon the heart and, oh, listen here, I'm going to preach to somebody right now that's done something bad. I'm going to preach to somebody right now that's done something that they're ashamed of. Judah is shouting out to you saying, even in your worst moment, God is able to see purpose and potential. God is able to see something. God is able to see good in the worst of moments, in the worst of people. So God said, I got to go get that boy. He got promise. I mean, I mean, can you imagine the conversation in heaven? He, he sees him sell his brother in slavery. Uh, I guess the Lord is done with him. The Lord's like, no, did you see that? It's like the mother with the, with the ugly baby. She's like, no, he's gorgeous. The Lord is like, no, he's not ugly. Do you see this? There's some stuff in there I can, I can work with. Dude, there's some stuff in there. I, uh, ooh. The way, the way that that boy talks to those ladies. Mm-hmm, I'm going there. He, has, he got a silver tongue. He talking them in the bed left and right. You know, we're saying, what a player. You know what the Lord is saying? I can use that boy's mouth to preach. Once I get a hold of y'all not praying with me. Once I get a hold of him. Oh, she out there singing in the club. Come on, say amen. Uh, people making babies and they ain't married off her music. But the Lord looks and says, the way she sings, ooh, if I get a hold to her, I might be able to use that voice to change nations. Oh, y'all not hearing me right now. Lord, even a lazy man, the Lord can find something good in. He don't want to do nothing. Mm, this is the kind of man I can use on prayer ministry. If he don't like to go nowhere, I can see him right there. The prayer of intercession can work in his life. Hear what I'm saying today. I know I'm being funny, but listen to me. We have got to learn. Forget everybody else. Think about your own life. God sees more. That's what I'm trying to tell you. Whatever you see in your life, even right now, when you think you're at your best, God sees more. Whatever you think you've accomplished, God sees more. Wherever you've gotten settled in, God sees more. Watch, watch. We got to go. Now, 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 let's get into it. Y'all ready? Let's get into it. Then we're going to get out of your way. Watch this. So about that time, Judah separated. Watch this. He separated. What does the scripture say, everybody? He separated from his brothers, and he hooked up with a man in a duelum named Hira. All right, go to the next slide. Uh, so he just sold his brother into slavery, and then the scripture says he separated right, right, right. from his family. Right. Translation, he ran. Yes. Now, now, now. You can't run from your problems. Many of us think if I just change addresses. Hear me, guys. Whatever the problem is, and I'm going to show you in this passage of Scripture, 99% of the time, the problem is you. You cannot run from you. Judah was like, my family's dysfunctional. My brother slept with my mother. My dad favored my brother. 
I really messed up and sold my brother into slavery. And so he's trying to escape his past. Have mercy, Jesus. And, 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 what, and what does he do? He does what many of us do. He doesn't run to God, but he runs to the world. He runs to the world. He, what, what he, the Bible says, he, now listen, the whole purpose of the children of Israel is to defeat the Canaanites. The first place that Judah goes, he says, I'm leaving my family. I'm separating myself. I'm running away. I'm done with this. I'm done with the drama. I'm done with foolishness. I'm about to go do me. Oh, y'all too saved. Y'all too saved to admit that you did you before. Have I got anybody in here? Oh, thank you. I see one person that shake their head. Thank you for telling me that I know I'm preaching it to you. Anybody in here, you saved and you still doing you. Come on in here, say amen. I'm doing me right now. Some of you, some of you Christians are like, I ain't going to pray this week. I'm doing me. Sorry, Jesus. I'm putting you on hold right now because I'm not feeling you right now. You ain't been good to me. I'm tired of the stuff going on in my life. Every time I try to serve you, things go in the opposite direction. Every time I pray for something, I don't seem like I get it. When I pray, nothing happens. When other folk pray, stuff starts happening. Be honest with yourself in here today. It's all right to be reverent, but be real too and acknowledge that there's some stuff that God has allowed to happen. There's some stuff that God has even situated to happen in your life and you're mad at him Judah said I'm done with God I'm done with this family I'm out and here's what happens Ooh, go to the next problem here's what happens here's what happens generally here listen here's what happens when you are not healed all right when you when you have not faced your issues normally you attract people who are like you come on I want to talk about marriage for a second. There are so many ill-advised marriages that take place because you have people who are not healed who are attracted to brokenness. It's the law of attraction, guys. Opposites attract? Not so. Opposites in personality, but most of the time, similar characteristics attract each other. Similar desires, similar values, similar destinations. Oh, let's talk for real. Your flesh that's your flesh talking. Oh, it ain't the spirit of God. It's your flesh that's driving this thing. Can I get a witness in here today? Any honest folk want to admit, yeah, I'm, I'm right there with you, pastor. I'm, that was marriage number one. Thank God he, he got me out of marriage number two, but he died. Praise God. I'm done with marriage now. I ain't doing it no more. Hasta la vista. Au revoir. Goodbye. We done. Come on, say amen. Where my, where my folk got some gray hairs on my head that say, I'm done with that. I'm over that now. I'll be just like Paul. I can, I'm, I'm good all by myself. However, we do have some folk in here that have some decisions to make. We got some folks in here right now that are in some relationship. And I want to be very clear with you right now. Until you make a change, you are going to be blind to the people you attract. So watch what he does. The first thing he does is, is he gravitates towards a guy who's all about trouble. Hira. Hira. He sounds like trouble. By the way, go to, go to the next slide. You know what Hira's name means? Hira's name means noble family. So watch this. Judah <laughs> wants to hang out with somebody who seems like they got it all together. His name says we are of nobility. We are important. We've got money. He's got ladies. He had nice cars. He had things. He had a nice stock portfolio. He had all these things, and he wanted what he had, not knowing that many times the things we see are not the things that are real. You got to look past what somebody has, what the shape of their body is, what their breast is shaped like, what their thighs is shaped like, how they talk, what kind of fade they got, what kind of job they got. Y'all not praying with me in here today. Listen, you can't hook up 
the rest of your life. The Bible says, how can two walk together except they be in agreement? And we're not just talking about marriage. We talk about friendship. There are people even in the body of Christ that have people that they roll with that are the major influences in your life. And they are not spiritual. They are church people, but they do not believe in the things of God. They don't know about intercessory prayer. They don't know about worship. They don't know about forgiveness. They don't know about gossip being a sin against God. These are, they are church people, but they are wolves in sheep's clothing. And until you learn to deal with yourself, you're going to continue to attract people that look good on the outside, but that are shady on the inside. And I'm going to tell you right now, when you, start to real, when you start to see the decline of Judah's life is when he got hooked up with Hiram. As soon as he got, where my, where's, that, where's that towel? Oh, as soon as he got hooked up with Hira, that's when his kids start dying. <sighs> y'all, hear me. Oh, that, I'm, what I'm telling you right now is deep stuff, y'all. Oh, please, please don't take this the wrong way. There are some things that have happened in your life that are simply the consequences of who you linked up with. It's who you linked up with. As soon as he hooked up with Hira, who he thought was noble, he really hooked up with a fool. And watch what happens. Go ahead to the next. Now, the next one. We, we talked about that already. Go to the next one. So the text of says, well, where, while there, Judah met the daughter. And see, this is what happens. When you hang out with a dude from the world, listen, I'm not telling y'all not to have friends from the world. Listen to me. I'm, I'm trying to reach the world. So let's get that twisted. All the church folks, because we need to be separate and holy. No. It says, be in the world, but not of the world. So you got to be in it. You need, some of us don't even have non-Christian friends. I don't know how that works, right? How you gonna win, that's why you ain't led nobody to Jesus. You don't have no people to lead to Jesus. <laughs> I'm not talking about ministry. I'm talking about influence. Yes, sir. Talking about influence, y'all. Mm-hmm. There's some of you in here, your closest partners and friends and people are people that don't pray. They're not spiritual. Oh, y'all. They're not. They're worldly. And, and when you hook up with them, what inevitably happens is, is you're going to hook up with people in their circle. So watch this. Then he marries a Canaanite. They, she's so worldly, they don't even mention her name. They're just like, she's a Canaanite, her father is Shua. The Bible is basically saying, please don't take this the wrong way, she don't matter. She was not sanctioned by God. Unequally yoked is commonplace in the body now. We just, our flesh, whatever our flesh tell us, we're going to go get that. I'm telling you right now, I'm 40 years old. I was just talking to, um, I was just talking to uh, Elder Davis and his wife, uh, uh, Barbara. Just wave y'all hands real quick. They told me they're about to be 60 years. Go ahead. It's all right. I ain't going to call y'all. Yes, I am. They, they said they're going to be 60 years married next week. It, it can happen, can it? It can happen, right? So I said, what's the secret? What's the secret? He said, I just came home every night. He said, that's how you get the numbers. <laughs> he, said, he, said, he said, sometimes I slept on the couch, sometimes I slept in the basement, so, sometimes I stayed in the car, but I came home. Come on, say amen. But his mindset was, I'm going to show up, right? Yes, sir. Listen, listen, I'm telling you, you cannot have that and be carnal. You cannot have a good family. Listen, I'm not saying your kids will be perfect if you are all that, because I don't have perfect kids and neither am I perfect. But what I am saying is, is what I have seen is that when you deliberately decide to hook up with somebody who is not in the will of God, you are setting your children up for disaster. You are setting up this. Listen, there are four and five generations of Seventh-day Adventist Christians in this church, and you're the only one here because all three of the generations that have followed you ain't here. 
No, they don't believe in this mess. They don't believe in the word of God. They don't go to nobody's church. They in Cleveland, they out there. They ain't going to show up. They don't care. Why? Because a lot of times we hooked up with the wrong one who had divert, who had a different view of the spiritual life. I, you cannot do this thing without Jesus. You listen, forget marriage. You can't even have good. You can't even have friends that's going to encourage you unless they know the Lord. Listen, when you're thinking about stepping out on your wife and you tempted and you need to call a man of God who's your friend and say, brother, brother, I'm tempted. There's a sister at work and, and she's bothering me and I, and I need your prayers. How you going to call Pookie and how you going to call Ray Ray and how you going to call Jimbo and how you going to call, uh, how you going to call, what they going to tell you? You better find, come on, talk to me, Zach. How you going to call somebody? You better call you. Come on, talk. You better find you a partner or a sister that know how to get a prayer through. That know how to speak sense to your crazy behind. Come on in here, somebody. How many thank God right now? Tell the truth. It wasn't the Holy Ghost. It was the Holy Ghost. It, wasn't, it was them friends in your life that pushed you to make the right decision. That held you accountable to do the right thing. Thank God for your wives. Come on in here. Thank God for your children that know the Lord. Flesh. First thing he does is he hooks up with the wrong dude. And inevitably, when you link up with the wrong people, you're going to marry the wrong person. Well, they had children. Go on. And, you know, they had sex. They had children. Uh -huh. Sex is always good before marriage. Satan wants you to have as much sex as possible. I was reading an article the other day. Reading an article the other day. I was talking to men. The number one way to stop having sex, they get married. Some of us think we're going to purify our flesh by getting married. Well, yeah, you're going to purify your flesh all right. But you're going to learn sex is by works and not by grace when you get married. I'm going here today. If you're a man of God, you got to clean the house now. So you just can't be handsome and have a nice fade and think she's going to lay down with you. No, brother, you got to be a good husband. You got to care for your kids. Oh, come on. You got to get up and worship. Come on. You got to cover that woman with prayer. Ah, where y'all at? And you can't just get away with being her boo no more. Satan wants you to have as much sex as possible before married and as little as possible when you get married. He don't care what you're doing before marriage. He just don't want you to have a happy one. And many of us right now, I'm dealing with folks, I'm counseling with folks, they've had so many partners and whatnot before marriage that when they get married, they want to love their spouse. They want to make, make holy love to them, but they can't because their mind is so messed up, their spirit is so messed up, they got all kinds of spirits and soul ties from other people, and they can't be committed, they can't be dedicated. Oh, but I'm telling you right now, they can if they put, give that thing to the Lord. Oh, I'm a living witness right now that the Lord will erase the hard drive of your mind and he'll purify your desires. Oh, come on in here, somebody. He'll turn back. Sheba's into Ellen White's won't he do it uh, he'll shift your mindset oh come on he'll turn players into prophets I'm telling you what God will do come on now come on now see they listen they having kids come on say amen they naming them crazy names that's what happens when you get hooked up in the world that's what I mean you get so crazy you start naming your child I mean, what you gonna name your son Sheila what's your uh, what's the other one or er uh, er and what's the other one? Owning. They have no, they have no chance. <laughs> no 
wheelchair. Go on. Watch, watch this. She, 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 she still had a son, blah, blah, blah. They were living. Okay, blah, blah, blah. And then watch this. So Judah got his first wife for Ur, his firstborn. Now here's Tamar. Oh, poor Tamar. But the, Tamar showed me something, though. Uh, I got to go. Let me, look, I got to end this thing. I'm going to have to, uh, I got to finish this. Okay, yeah, I got to end. Uh, but Judah's firstborn, Ur, grievously offended God, right? Grievously offended God. And God took his what? Now, look, I'm telling you all right now. I'm not totally blaming Judah, but if you study this carefully, Judah's sons are dying because of the type of father he was. He set his kids up for worldliness. Listen, these bo- listen. look at the Lord's counseling sessions with these couples. They last for like one verse. Th- these, these folks ain't even been married but for one verse. And then this dude was so wicked. Now, you got to understand, we're talking about a merciful, compassionate God. He is so wicked that the Lord didn't punish him. He didn't strike him with leprosy. He killed him. Oh, I'm, I'm going to preach that right now. Oh, your days are numbered. God ain't playing with you no more. Enough is enough of your foolishness. We're going to talk about grace later, but right now we're going to talk about the law. You need to obey what the word of God says. You got to stop being trifling and fooling around and being dirty and nasty. Come on in here, somebody. If come on, you can't listen whatsoever a man sows, that shall he also reap. The only reason why you're alive right now is because God has had got you on borrowed time. But just like he said to the tree that could not bear fruit, I'm giving you one more year or else I'm cutting you down. I'm cutting you down. I'm tired of your unfaithfulness. I'm tired of your up and downness. I'm tired of your foolishness. The word of God said he didn't even play with her. The word of God said he killed him. And so Judah, he's not even getting it. He's not even getting it. He, he just said, all right, well, where's the next one? He's like, where's the next one? Here, Tamar, you can have him. And then watch what this dude, I'm going to end on this dude. So Judah told Onan, go and sleep with your brother's widow. Now, by the way, y'all do, it's not being, they're not being freaky. This was a law of the word of God. See, back then, marriage wasn't about love. It was about business. It was about security. And if a woman wasn't married, she didn't have nothing. So the purpose of this law, the law which says if a woman is married, her husband dies, then her brother, his brother, is supposed to impregnate her to raise up a man so that the man can take care of her. Everybody, you follow what I'm saying? So, so, so Judah is following the law, but he's only following the letter of the law. So he says, Onan, he says, Onan, look, uh, you know, your brother's dead. Uh, you know, go ahead and yeah, take care of business. Now, this wicked Onan, look at this. The Bible says, so Judah told Onan, go and sleep with your brother's widow. It is the duty of, I'm going to end on here, but I'm telling you, that I got fire. There's some fire coming right now. Of a brother-in-law to keep your, your brother's line alive. So you see what's happening? See, it was about bloodlines. I don't know, I'm trying to help somebody today, but some of y'all, you know, you've been, so, you've been in the world so long, like the, the, the word don't make no sense. Um, Game of Thrones. Yeah, anybody watch? Okay. I mean, just like, just go there. Maybe, I don't know. So you, you watch some of these movies about kings and the bloodline and being passed down. And, you know, look at Princess Diana and all that type stuff. And you see, it, when it comes to potentates and kings, it's about continuing bloodlines. Okay? And so what's, what's, what's trying to happen here is, this is what Tamar is saying. Tamar, she's, she's, she's in a position where she's a vulnerable woman, and she's like, I need the bloodline to continue so that the blessing will come to me. Mm. That I'll be careful. That I'll, be, I'll walk in God's faithfulness. I'll walk mm. in favor. Now, we're going to see that she didn't always handle it the right way, but her desires right, right, were legit, right. right? So watch what happens here. It, it says, he said, but Onan knew mm, 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 that, that, that the child wouldn't be his. 
So whenever he slept, now the scripture says whenever he slept with her. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> whenever he slept with his brother's widow, he spilled his semen on the ground. Just leave that scripture up there. Let's stay right there. That's dirty. That's dirty. So what he's doing is, is he's enjoying himself without responsibility. Mercy. Let me break it down even further. Go to the next slide. Go to the next slide. She, she wouldn't so he wouldn't produce a child for his brother. God was much offended by what he did, and he killed him. Took his life. Took his life. I mean, as soon as the brother is finished, right? He's finished. He's finished. He's finished. He's finished. Y'all trying. Y'all trying to act spiritual. This is, this is something else, Pastor. I, this Bible, y'all. I don't even. I don't even gotta explain. Your mind will do everything it needs to do right now. Just go to work, mind. Go ahead, help him out. So, so now, so, 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 let me in here. Let me show you this. Uh, next one. Go ahead. Now, Judah created an environment where it was okay, and this is really why God is chasing Judah. Judah means well, but Judah will go for appearance. Judah is more in love with appearance and reputation than he is with his character. And this, hear, hear me guys, I don't have time to give it all to you today. I'll have to finish it in a couple of weeks. So that spirit becomes the spirit of his children. So watch this. God hates when we take advantage of people's weaknesses to benefit us. Okay, let me, right, let's keep going. Keep stepping. Uh, this is from the book Crossing Over. You got to read this. Watch this. Onan didn't want the responsibility of other mouths to feed. Why did he do it? Like some people use this text to talk about birth control. Brothers and sisters, stop it. It's not got to do with birth control. That's not why the Lord killed him. This is why the Lord killed him. Onan didn't want the responsibility of other mouths to feed, and more importantly, more people with whom he would have to divide his own wealth and possessions as he grew older. Because, see, listen, see, what he realizes is that Tamar was married to the oldest and that the oldest got the blessing. So what he said is, he says, I'll make love to her. But I'm not going to impregnate her because if I impregnate her, the child that shall be born to her is going to take what I want to get. Watch this. Onan spilled his seed to protect his own future. He cared more about himself than his dead brother's name or his bereaved childless sister-in-law. Onan was obnoxious to God because rather, y'all still with me? Because rather than openly refusing to help, see, well, listen, if he didn't want to help the sister, he should have just said, no, dad, I'm not going to do it. And guess what? This is what the law would say. And this is why you're going to see how Judah is such a mess, which I'll share with you in a couple weeks. Then if Onan didn't do it, then Judah, according to the law, should have placed seed in her to raise up security. He could have said, I don't want, just read the book of Ruth. You see this in the book of Ruth. It's called the kinsman redeemer. He could have said, I don't want no part of this. But this is what he, this is the problem with what he did. And he gets it from his daddy. 
I don't want no part of it, but I want a part of it. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Onan was obnoxious to God because rather than openly refusing to help, he continued the appearance of helping to gain public approval, but privately refused to endorse Tamar. So watch what happened. So Onan is doing his thing with her. And I can imagine Judas coming up and say, hey, any word yet? She, is she pregnant? Man, we're working on it. <laughs> we're working on it. I thought she was the other day, but I'm not sure. But we're going to, hey, you count, Dad, count on me. I'm going to keep working on it. Got that. You know I'm going to keep working on it. So he kept, kept on. And then after a while, see, Judah didn't really peek what was going on. He was not woke. You know what I'm saying? So the Lord was like, okay, okay, um, let me see. What can I do? Um, okay, let me just cause his heart to stop beating. I'm not playing with that. I don't like pretension. I don't like hypocrites. I don't, the Bible says there are seven things, that there are six things God hates, yea, seven. And what the, when you look at that text, one of the main things that comes out is not all the stuff that we call real bad. He hates when we appear to act like we are righteous when we are not. He hates it when we pretend. He hates it, listen, when, when, Onan, when Onan deliberately spilt his semen on the ground, he was deliberately refusing to see the next generation of his brother's line. So what he was saying is, is I, we got some seed spillers in the body of Christ. We like the appearance that we are doing the right thing. Hear me, y'all. But we don't love God. There is a difference between loving him instead of loving what being with him looks like. Are y'all hearing me? There's some of us like the idea of being married. But it's a completely different thing when you actually got to do marriage. Are y'all praying with me right now? Some of us like the idea of being a Christian. We like the benefits that comes with it. We like when we ask God for stuff and he gives it to us. But the Lord is saying right now, with great benefits comes responsibility. We're walking around here claiming grace on everything. And I thank God for grace. But brothers and sisters, there comes a place and a time where you can can run God's grace into the ground. The Lord has been gracious to you, so start living holy. The Lord has been gracious to you, so start being a stand-up sister or stand-up guy. Start being a good father and a good mother. Start admitting you're wrong. Start professing your need for the Lord. Stop being fake. Let me hear here by saying this. But the good news about this whole story, the Lord killing folks, zapping them, boom. I mean, folks dropping semen and just, it's just buck wild. But in all of this, the Lord never says, I'm done with him. The Lord never says, I'm done with Judah. The Lord never says, I, I, I'm finished. I, I, oh, I can't take any more of this. I, they, they nasty. They, they, they crazy. What the Lord sees is a potential even in our foolishness. The Lord sees glory in our mess. The Lord sees a man of God in the club. Lord, have mercy. The Lord sees a woman of God with heroin in her veins. The Lord sees a woman of God with a girl that's had four and five abortions. No matter what you've been through, no matter what you came out of. I got to help somebody today. Yes, there's judgment. Yes, there is, there is vindication. But I want you to know even, even when God judges, he does it with tears in his eyes. 
He's not only chasing, chasing you, but he's chasing after you. Have I got anybody in here today that knows what I'm talking about? Look at your life right now. Look back over at what you've been through. Think of the stuff that you've done. Anybody want to rejoice that he still calls you the son of a king? That he still sees in your bloodline? What can wash away my sins? Hey, have I got somebody here today that wants to rejoice? Because you can declare, if it had not been for the Lord on my side... How many can say his mercies are new every morning? The Lord should have killed me. How many in here can say you should be owning? You should be dead sleeping in your grave. Any urge in here that shouldn't have woke up this morning? But how many can praise him right now? Because you know that the only reason why you're here today is because he made a way. He moves mountains. He calls walls to fall. He looked beyond your faults. He sees your needs. Don't give up on God. He won't give up on you. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Listen, man, if I'm the Lord and I'm like reading this, like he needs to read, I'm like, Judah is done. He's done. Let me see this. Go ahead, Willie. Listen, 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 listen. The majority of us in here are not living as obediently as we've been blessed. Did you hear what I just said? There are many of you who are not living as obediently as God has been gracious to you. Man, I get joy when I think about what he's done for me. about it y'all think about how God has been constantly chasing after you you what have you done to deserve it you're trifling you're inconsistent you're unfaithful you're a liar you're a cheat you're conniving you're man- come on talk to me in here y'all why would he chase after you because that's who he is that's who your God is. Oh, I can only say it the street way. He messes with you. He messy. He wants to be with you. That's why you're here today. I know you done come out of some stuff. I know you done been through some stuff. I know you've done some stuff. But just like Judah, the Lord's got a purpose for your life. And he is not going to quit on you until you say, yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. From the bottom of my heart to the depths of my soul. Yes, Lord. Completely yes. My soul says yes. I'm not going to date you anymore. I'm not going to flirt with you anymore, Lord Jesus. I want to make a commitment to you right now. I want the real thing. Your heads are bowed. Today is the day of salvation. I'm just going to go right to it. There's somebody here right now who needs to give their life to Jesus. You you need to give your life to the Lord Jesus. You know God's been chasing you and you've been running. Now is your day to give your life to him. Your heads are bowed, your eyes are closed. If the Lord is talking to you, 
I want you to stand right now. Give your life to Jesus. He ain't scared of your mess. He's not scared of your brokenness. He ain't scared of all that stuff that you've done. God ain't tripping on that. He got a solution for it. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Somebody, please, please stop running. Stop running from him or something worse might happen to you. I can't lie to you. You've got to say yes to the Lord right now. Let him in. Oh, by standing, you're saying, I want him in my heart. I need to, I need to make a, a commitment to him. I need, to, I need to give my life. I need him to take over. I don't know what I'm doing. I need him to take over my life. But I've been afraid that my life is too messed up for him to take over. The Lord says I specialize in rehab projects. I specialize in rehab projects. Lord says, I don't want them brand new cars. Give me them tow-up ones that have been through a few accidents. I want those ones where the wheels ain't on. And uh, Come on in here. He said, that's what I want. He said, because my job is to restore. My job is to renovate. My job. He says, somebody right now wants the Lord in. You want him in your life. For real. I'm not talking about church. I'm not talking about religion. I'm talking about relationship. You say, God, I want you in my life. I don't know what I'm doing, and I'm not ashamed to admit it. Come into my life right now, Lord Jesus, if the Lord is talking to you. Stand. If you're looking, you should be praying. Stand right now. I beg of you right now. God told me at 3 o'clock this morning, he said, there's somebody here today that's been running from God, and they need to come back home to the Lord Jesus. They need to say, Lord, come in. Lord, take over. Lord, I've been, I've been interested in you. I've been kind of feeling you, but I, I ain't got committed to you, and I need your help. The Lord's talking to you. Stand right now. Praise God. Praise God. I see you. Please stand right now. Please stand. Please. Praise God. Come on, sing it, Willie. Just stand. It's, nice. it's worship time now. It's time to give your life to him right now. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. Listen, man, we went hard for the devil. We was never afraid to serve him. But then all of a sudden, the enemy wants us to be all timid about the Lord. What kind of sense is that? Stand on the word of God right now. Get out of your seat. Everything in your life is trying to keep you down because Satan is afraid that when you stand for Jesus Christ, he will have lost you. He'll know his his power is going to be broken. Oh, would you stand right now so his power is broken in your life? Stand. Praise God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. He's a chain breaker right now. He's looking beyond your faults. Stop telling yourself you got to be a good person. Ah, God will make you a good person. Stand. down to 10 and that should be your last opportunity to stand. 10. Stand right now if the Lord is talking. Give your life to him. Give your life to the Lord Jesus right now. For real. 
not in your heart, but I'm talking about a decision, a public decision. Say, Lord, you, I, you got all of me. Nine, stand right now. Eight, seven, come on, stand. Stand. Don't be afraid to stand for him. He stood for you. Six, pray, church. Somebody need to come home today. Come on, don't fight it. He loves Sometimes I feel like the weight of the world is on you to keep you from getting up. But you got to break that thing right now, Steve. I need him in my life, Pastor. I, I admit it, I need him in my life. And I want him. Stand. Four. Stand. God bless you, sister. Praise God. Praise God. Three. Come on. Do you think the enemy right now is saying, stand up? No. He's doing everything he can to keep you where you are. But I'm, I'm telling you, a decision can change your life. Three. Stand right now. Two. not get easier tomorrow, y'all. I'm trying to tell y'all. Today is your day. Stand right now. Right now. Right now. Come on. Come on. No, I ain't saying you ain't going to have no more drama, but you're going to know how to deal with it now. your eyes are closed. Satan has somebody right now some praying saints in this house I need you to cancel his assignment right now pray against there's a person here right now that wants to be free 